Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle, and you know us. We're that HR dashboard company that's helping all of you HR leaders out there get rid of the manual, tedious, and time-consuming process of HR reporting. That's right. We know most of you are using a bunch of different disconnected HR systems that are creating all these painful data silos. So every time you want to answer questions about your workforce, you are forced to pull all these messy, time-consuming spreadsheets from all these different HR systems, always thinking there has to be a better way. Well, there is. Look no further because Employee Cycle has created your very own HR dashboard with pre-built integration connectors to the most popular HR systems out there. We can connect to your HRIS, ATS, engagement, performance, all the systems like Bamboo HR, ADP, Namely, Paylocity, Lever, Greenhouse, 15.5, Lattice. Too many for me to say without running out of breath. Connect all your different systems to our HR dashboard so that you can view, share, track, and analyze all your people data from one place. Go to EmployeeCycle.com, check us out. We'd love to give you a demo, and we can explore how we can help you automate your HR reporting and analytics process. But that's enough about me and our company, because today we have a great guest. So please help me welcome to the show, Anthony Vaughn. He's the founder of the E1B2 Collective. And today we're discussing why HR leaders are creating their own personal brand. Anthony, welcome to the podcast. Welcome! I appreciate it. Like, like I told you offline, man, I've been listening to this podcast for uh, some years now. So um, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting hearing it uh, up close and personal, but I appreciate it. And uh, thanks, uh, thanks for the opportunity. Oh, man. So humbling for you to be a loyal listener. We really appreciate it. So, Anthony, you've heard a bunch of these episodes, so I'm sure you have rehearsed this answer already. But we're going to ask you anyway, because this is the best way to kick off the show, which is by asking you, how did you end up? in the wonderful world of HR? Uh, I'll keep this tight. I, I started a company in 19. I made a terrible mistake after building that brand. After about 21 months, it was in the people operations leadership department. Didn't know it at the time. Went down about a nine-year path of research every single day to undo that wrong and rewrite that story. Inevitably, found my way into be, becoming a head of people internally, trying to, trying to apply some of the best practices that I was studying over the course of time. And here I am running a holding company in this space, trying to just figure it out. You know, I'm a, I'm a young kid from Baltimore, so just trying to, I don't know, just trying to make it in this world. So, um, yeah, so that's inevitably how I, I came to. I lost a company because I didn't apply a lot of HR best practices and principles. And now I'm running a company trying to help people avoid that same mistake, I guess. Man, the circle of life brought that back full circle. I like it. Yep. And so, Anthony, before we get into the topic, I first want to ask, what is your company, the E1B2 Collective? What do you do? What is it? How long has it been around? Yeah, so it started at the top of the pandemic. Literally, I was furloughed from my head of people role at a, at a startup here in the DMV. I, um, I decided to not wait too long for the world to figure itself out. And I started the, the E1B2 Collective. And so I set out to start a holding company. I have ADD. I wanted to start a bunch of different things at one time. And so we did that. So the very beginning of COVID, the idea popped into my head. And so now what are we about 16, 17 months in? 
And yeah, so we were moving and grooving, man. And essentially the point of the E1 B2 Collective was pretty simple. I believe that employees need to come first. I believe there's a lot of ways to do that. And I think that there needs to be brands, products, organizations, firms that are trying to help other organizations do so. And that is the punchline. So there's a lot of things in internal comms, recruiting, you know, HR education. There's a lot of things happening here, but that is the punchline. Uh, about 40 people strong now. And uh, I'm working really hard to try to make this a real thing. Got it. And I appreciate that background. So we're going to kick into the topic today about HR leaders creating their own personal brand. And it's interesting because for the longest time and still holds true to this day, unfortunately, a lot of companies and leadership teams still look at the HR department and the function as a call center. But on the flip side, there's a lot of HR leaders and people ops professionals that are really seen as rock stars online, at conferences, speaking truth to their community, and really empowering not only their employees, but also other HR leaders who are peers that are really gaining a lot of wisdom from them sharing a bunch of information online and at conferences and anywhere else where they can have a platform. So why are HR leaders creating a brand and how are they breaking out of that cost center, legacy, antiquated role and perception to really this sought after, looked at person who is really dropping a lot of knowledge and really looking at as a future of the workforce? Hey, Bruce, can you do me a favor there? There was a slight little glitch from the very beginning of it. What was the, I, I know that the, the, I know the overall question, but what was the punchline in the very beginning there? Oh, I actually don't even remember what the first word I said was. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> essentially your question is why, why is it really important for, for content, for personal brand to, to kind of creep into the HR space now? Is that the kind of the gist of it? Basically, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, me being a young guy, you know, I can't authentically speak to historical data and historical points of views. You know, I wasn't around in HR in the seventies, eighties and nineties, but what I can say is I believe that I believe that if you look in the CFO world, definitely the CEO world, definitely the CMO world, you've always seen these thought leaders. You've always seen these pundits writing books, speaking and sharing perspectives. I think over the last 10 years, obviously very recently with the pandemic, with the Black Lives Matter movement, I think even going back a little bit further uh, or a little bit back in the past there, employee experience started kind of taking off, kind of in your space, people analytics and data started taking off. I think we started realizing and looking at HR folks as not just paper pushers, but folks that really have a voice and really have an opinion. And I just think somewhere along the way, platforms, podcasts, keynotes, blogs, articles, brands started gravitating towards their points of views because the impact they were making on the businesses were a little bit more vital. And and I think some pundits started coming out of the the, the weeds, if you will, and, and sharing some really interesting thoughts. And I think it just started manifesting itself. And so I don't really know the exact answer, but I know why it's important now. And maybe we can get into that. Got it. And so why is it important for HR leaders to have their own personal brand outside of the role that they have internally at their respective company? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. Number one, I think at the end of the day, no matter how much you love your company, I think, you know, external mobility is happening a lot, right? Like many people are not staying at companies longer than let's call it five to seven years. And I think that's even a little bit more of a, an extended now period of time. And so I think if you have a personal brand, right, let's say you started a podcast, let's say you're on a lot of podcasts, 
let's say you're doing a lot of keynotes and or whatever the case may be. I think now you have visibility. Now you have a, a unique opportunity to put your, your voice, put your brand, put your personal perspectives out into the world. We're now CEOs, CFOs, COOs who may be become your next direct report. They now see, they now understand your point of view. And so that's really interesting. I think also it's really important to double down on your point of view. I think being an HR practitioner, we can get lost in what the company needs versus really doubling down on what we personally care about and going deep into the research of that and going deep into the and going deep into like the pundit world, if you will, and putting that perspective out to the world to attract some opportunities contextual to that. So let's say based off of your background, you're really deep into people analytics or you're really deep into DE&I. I think there's a lot of organizations out there that may uniquely have those issues right now. And thus, they may hear you on a podcast, they may read a blog, and now they're approaching you for a CHRO or a VP of people opportunity contextual to some of those DE&I or people analytic issues that you may have because of your blog or your podcast. Um, so I'll pause there because those are a couple of different areas, but I think a lot of it's around exposure, PR, inbound, opportunity, and really kind of flexing your, your overall perspective muscle, if you will. Then you mentioned a couple of different ways that you can have a platform as this HR pundit, if you will, podcasts, ebooks, conferences, LinkedIn, social media platforms. I'm sure there are some HR leaders listening to this thinking, well, I do some of those things. So does that mean that I actually have a brand or am I just on LinkedIn posting some stuff? So I'm curious, is there a threshold of marketing and promotion of yourself that you need to do to actually be and become a brand? Or do you inherently by default have a brand and it's just a matter of how much do you promote this brand? I think it's the latter. I think it's I think it's by default because I think if you put out one piece of content in the world, then to some degree you have a professional and personal brand. Now, I know I've seen I've seen people run the gamut. Like I've seen on one side of the spectrum, I've seen folks create a, a landing page, if you will, start writing books, start um, creating a personal website where their their headshots and their colors and their overall aesthetic of their of their LinkedIn and the cadence of their postings really are gravitated and correlated around this professional and personal brand. And then I've seen folks that are kind of my personal opinion, a little bit more like me, that are like, you know what? I'm just gonna try to be everywhere all the time and just go the consistency route and just keep chipping away. Because if you look at if you look into my background, I have my podcast. I don't really do so much putting it out to the world, but I have consistency behind it. You know, we're over 450 episodes here. You know, I write blogs, I guest blog, you know, I go on lots of different podcasts like I am right now. And so I think you have folks that are trying to really like celebrity kind of put a little celebrity touch on, on the uh, personal and professional prank and like the aesthetic of it. And I think on the other side, you have folks that are going just to tried and true consistency route and just being everywhere at scale. Um, I think both have its benefits and, and their and their lack of there, but um, there's a couple of different ways to go about it. Ooh, 450 podcast episodes. We need to step our game up here. Man, that's a lot of episodes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of episodes. I'm impressed. I tried, man. But as you were talking about creating this external brand and promoting it, whether it's just one piece of content or if you are basically out there everywhere on all channels. I'm curious, again, I, one of the things I try to do is to anticipate some of the questions that HR leaders may be having yeah. who don't who don't have the opportunity to ask you questions. 
And putting myself in their shoes, I'm thinking, if I'm creating this brand, okay, that sounds interesting. Maybe I want to go down that path. But am I expecting the ROI of this brand to help me internally or externally? Meaning, is creating a personal brand, would you get a positive ROI from that internally? Will that potentially help you get a raise or promotion or get promoted from director of people or HR to VP of people of HR? Is that how I should be thinking about this? Or is it more about external validation from peers? Maybe I want to do some things outside of work, sit on boards, Yep. maybe join organi- other organizations, maybe do some side consulting, and that's where it's going to help. Or is it both? I think it's both, but I think it takes a lot of strategy. So let me Let's walk into my, my interesting brain here, how I think about all this. So there's two different ways we can go down the path. I personally am going down both. My backup plan, and I'm just going to tell the world here, if the entrepreneurial world does not treat me well over the next, let's call it two years, I have no problem potentially deciding to go back in-house. And so well, my first idea that I had is I said to myself, if I push very hard on podcasts, meaning my own podcast and going on others, if I push very hard in blogging and content, meaning my own blog and writing guest blogging, if I push very hard on keynotes and fireside chats, that means curating my own events and going on other people's events. What I'm going to then do is I'm going to create such a robust network of all different types of people in the HR space. If I decide to go back in-house, I now have the ability to reach out to Comp and Amy, and Amy Sperling over there and say, hey, Amy, come bring that amazing platform, that amazing initiative you've created. Let's pop that thing over here in our brand because I think there's going to be some really interesting things we can do here on the compensation side of things in this organization. Most people may not even be aware, no offense, Amy, that that company even exists. It's an innovative initiative that I can now bring to my CEO and get some brownie points, right? Because that's what you also are here to do as a CHRO. You're here to push the boundaries, bring innovation to the department. And you are only as strong as your network because you cannot build all the different systems and practices and technology and all the great things. Bruce, even your platform, right? Even your organization. I need to know that you exist. Now, I know you're doing a very good job of building your brand, but now going on your podcast, meeting you about a year and a half ago, I now know that you exist. So now I can take that relationship and bring it back in house and I can get rewarded for that. So that's one reason to do it. The second reason I'll keep a little bit more brief opportunities, exposure, PR. It's never a bad thing. It really, really is never a bad thing. I think more than ever, it is really important as a CHRO or at least a VP level to to find the HR roles that behoove who you actually are in your 45th year of life, right? Like I think, again, DE&I, people analytics, maybe it's executive coaching, maybe it's, maybe for whatever reason, and I hate it, maybe you really love compliance, Maybe you really love to do right? Um, and it's a really good idea if you have a unique point of view that you put out to the world over those things, and you attract those companies that need that expertise right in this moment that will offer you another 30000 in salary, a little bit above what you thought you were going to get. So there's a couple of different reasons why on one side of the spectrum, it's, it's network that you can now bring into your org. Because this is one last thing I'll say, Bruce. As a CHRO, and I say this all the time, you are the CEO of, of people, in my personal opinion. I think it's more or less your job. I think it's more of your job to know the Bruce's of the world, the Amy's of the world, the Claire's of the world, and bring them around you to execute amazing things for that organization and to be a navigator and a facilitator and a, and a connector 
I think it's much more of your role to do that than to be the one that knows everything and put it in place yourself. And I think that shift is a little bit more strategic that more CHROs are starting to realize is really important. So I don't know if that's helpful, Bruce, but. Mm, no, no, that was super helpful and very powerful. In the same vein, as I'm thinking about HR leaders listening to what you're saying, I'm sure there are some that are thinking, this sounds awesome. I'm super excited. But similar to anyone starting a business or anything where they need to start promoting and marketing it, it sounds tedious. It sounds time consuming. It sounds overwhelming. And for most people, it's intimidating. Wait, I have to go out there and share my opinion. I have to share my voice. I have to be vulnerable. All this just so I can be seen as a great HR leader. I already think I'm a great HR leader. Why do I have to share my most inner thoughts and, and, and deepest thoughts and things that I'm thinking about in the space to share with others so they can hopefully constructively criticize what I'm saying, if not bash what I'm saying, because so many people are mean and crazy online. Why go through all that stress where I can just keep it to myself and keep doing what I'm doing? If the points of views that I just shared with you are interesting to you, right? I think if it is interesting to have real interesting opportunities come your way in an inbound fashion, not by you applying on LinkedIn, not by you applying on what, you know, in any other format, indeed, however, you know, job boards, whatever you decide to do. If that is, excuse me, interesting to you, I think you should try it. I think you should apply it. I think also the marketing piece is not as tedious as you would think. When you, let me get a little bit tactical here. When you go on other people's platforms, when you go and write as a guest blogger, when you go onto a podcast like this, when you go and speak on other, on other folks' platforms, you now have the opportunity, if you do a great job, which I have no doubt that you guys will, you now have a great job to steal a little bit of their, of their sauce, if you will. I'm a little bit of a young guy, so that's a, that's an urban term for, I don't know if any old people listen, but sauce <laughs> is like, um, uh, how would you call it, Bruce? Uh, some of their style. Aura, if you will. Some of your style, aura. Yeah, yeah. yeah we can go with that. Aura, style, pizzazz, whatever you want to call it, right? You now get to take a little bit of that and put that right in your pocket, right? Because now you get to have people reach out to you, post the podcast, post the event via LinkedIn. And so now you're actually growing your platform without you doing any personal effort. Only effort it takes is for you to come onto a podcast, do a guest blog, go onto a platform and keynote speak, and talk about the things you guys talk about any other day at a coffee shop or in an executive meeting, or catching up with an old friend that's also in the HR industry. So that's a way that you can think about it to wrap your head around it, where it's not um, highly intensive on your bandwidth and time. I'm loving this podcast, but I know we only have a few minutes left. So, Anthony, I'm going to ask you one last question. Yeah. If you had to define your own personal brand in HR with one word, how would you define it? Raw. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, raw is probably the best word. I... I'm not supposed to be here, you know. Yeah, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm just raw, you know. I'm not not super polished, not super perfect, not not super clean. Just I'm just really raw with it. I try. I just try to be direct and try to bring value. So raw is probably the best word. Well, I appreciate that authenticity. Don't lose it. It is rare for a lot of people to be so authentic and very um, excited about what they do, but they're not coming off as super fake or superficial. So really appreciate that rawness. Don't ever lose it. And greatly, greatly appreciate you being on the podcast and adding to 
the content that we have here and also helping to uplift the entire HR community, especially with a topic that we've never talked about before. So thanks so much for being on the podcast, Anthony. (laughs) I appreciate it, man. Sure. So where can people find you online since you have this amazing brand online where all the places where people can find you online as well as the E1B2 Collective? Yeah, you can go to the E1B2Collective.com. But more rarely than that, you probably can just check out Anthony Vaughn, V-A-U-G-H-A-N on LinkedIn or uh, just type in Anthony Vaughn, V-A-U-G-H-A-N and then HR behind it on Google and the first six pages, it'll just be flooded. And that's another tip, right? Like once you start building it up, It'll, you'll just start to flood the pages, hopefully, and some nice organic traffic. So Awesome. Well, we appreciate you sharing that contact info. We'll definitely leave that in the show notes. So for everyone out there listening to this episode, if you enjoyed it as much as Anthony and I did making it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. It shows that you care and that we're creating great content. And who doesn't want to know that? Also, if this is the very first time you're listening to our podcast and you either came here because you're already a huge mega fan of Anthony and you just had to hear whatever he was going to talk about, or you just thought that this topic was super interesting, but now you want more episodes, then please subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. And last but not least, all of you super awesome HR and people leaders out there, please continue to hire train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.